Welcome, everyone, to Recovery.Now, our podcast. It's Friday, March 27th, and we're so glad that you joined us today. With me, I have my partner in Recovery.Now, Brandy, and then we have a special guest today, Dr. Dick Whitberg. He's the Executive Director of CHIA, which stands for Community Health Improvement Associates, and he's going to be talking with us today um, about different aspects of how all of us, through this pandemic and crisis, how all of us can get through it together. So first, let me welcome in Brandy. Good afternoon, darling. Hey, how are you? Um, so I'm sitting here beside Dr. Whitberg. And I just found out, even though I've been working for him for a while, that he founded Chia. I had no idea. <laughs> I thought that it was already something established. So that's really awesome. On Chia being Community Health Improvement Associates. So. Yeah. So that's that's really cool. You yeah, learn something new every day. Not the Chia pet, pet, not the Chia <laughs> pet, but the Chia community health stuff. Yeah, and and that's always a um, an interesting. Uh, exercise for people to go through to try to form a nonprofit and to go through all the government hoops in order to uh, that's an awesome name become tax exempt and everything else it's uh it's it's a lot of work it takes a lot of time um but that's also one of the things i guess i'm hoping for that will come about in the next few years is being able to get more recovery organizations forming um the federal nonprofit, which is called 501c3s, in case anybody's ever wondering where that came from. It's a section of code that says you're tax exempt. And and to get people to that point so that they can start applying for grants, get support to do good things in the community. Yeah. And when we had our peer support classes, uh, Dr. Whitberg came in and introduced himself and explained what he was trying to get, I guess, started in our area. And course i jumped on it along with a couple others and we've uh we've come really far actually since october i feel so blessed with the people that we've been able to attract into this americorps program to work on recovery yeah um we have five in the field right now and um they're all stars yeah we uh he placed us uh of course you guys know that i'm at the house of hope and and brandy's legacy and i love both of them very much and very passionate about what i do and i know i can speak for basically every peer support that works for americorps that we're doing we're doing a great job i'm proud of our i'm proud of us and i I love this program yeah it's a great program three three reasons you know first of all it helps the the person who joins you rebuild a resume mm-hmm. and get get a foot in the door to do some of this really important work. Um, I think it's really the second thing is I think it's really important for organizations to get used to working with peer support because that's one one of the things I continue to hear um, from agencies that are just starting with peer support the 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 people who are acting as peer support say, boy, they really don't know what they're doing when it comes to me. Yeah. Um, and and to get them some experience at, at working with peer support is is really important. And finally, you know, you've got the people that you interact with that you're affecting, that you're helping to improve their lives and helping to, you, you know, you could be the factor that keeps them in long-term recovery. And, you know, one of my biggest things coming into all of this is 
I know I can't fix everyone, but I'm going to do my best to help the best that I can. And when people, and I don't, I don't want praise. I'm not, I'm not in it for praise, but when people thank me, then I know I'm doing something right. And people are so kind and grateful to all of the help that we have to offer. So yeah, I, you know, that's a good point. You know, you never something. Um, Dick, I would like it if you could give us um, the definition of a uh, peer support person. What's the definition of that? Oh, I don't know that I could give you a definition, but but the whole idea behind it is is peers. You know, I've I've done a lot of work with community health workers, which is a different kind of peer, um, working with with diabetes. And the sole person, which you know, Laura, is what you've been doing. Um, I I think that that there's an enormous amount of power in peers because peers kind of bridge that gap between those professional people who, who talk in sesquipedalian words. That means a foot and a half long word, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and you're, and, and P, the, the people, the patients get so intimidated by these folks that they're afraid to ask questions. They're, they're afraid to admit that they, don't do things that they're supposed to do because they can't figure out how to do them. And that holds for whether you are, you know, in treatment for, for addiction or whether you uh, can't figure out how to control your diabetes or your COPD or anything like that. You know, you, you, if, if you have a, a, a person like you or, or like Brandy who has um, been trained um, either to be a community health worker or a peer recovery supporter, they can relate to you because you've lived that experience that you know what they're going through um, and you know what the barrier is and, and, or at least you can find out much easier than the doctors in their office, what the barrier is. And you can figure out how, what, what they need to do to take care of themselves and to, um, and to take the steps they need to get to better health. And I do, I, I want to say, actually, I want to say a couple things really quick. One, we're conferencing in, so if it's a little glitchy, that's why. Um, I did invite Rox, but she must not have gotten the uh, notification yet. So maybe she'll join us. Maybe not. If not, we miss you. Um, so to back up what Dr. Whitberg was saying, peer support is someone that has a lived experience with either substance abuse or mental health um, illness or both. And you're considered a dual. And the purpose of a peer support is like he said, someone that has been in your shoes and we're not, we're not there to tell you how to recover. That's up to you. Mm -hmm. But we, we do suggest um, different resources that we know of that could be helpful, but ultimately we don't push anything onto you. We just, we, we try to provide as many options as we can. So that way, hopefully you can find something that works for you. I mean, that, that's even downplaying it a little bit because because a, a peer does more than just connect with resources. They're an advocate. They're a cheerleader. Yeah, we will. They, they do everything in their power to help to make you successful. And we, uh, you know, if you need someone to go to a meeting with because you don't want to go by yourself, that's a, a peer support would go with you and and sit with you and until you're comfortable going on your own. Same thing with psychiatrists or or whatever it is well we're 
basically a hand to hold until you are able to do it on your own. We don't, uh, we want to see everyone succeed in their recovery. So anything that we can do to help and prevent them from failing, we'll try to do. So is that right? Is that about, is that about it? <laughs> and you know, the, what, what, what's, what's so important to me, um, you know, I don't know how this is going to work for peer recovery support, but ar around diabetes, you know, we work with a, a, a patient load um, of people that have been out of control for a long time. The doctors have tried everything they can to get them back into, into control, get their health better, and, and they fail. They, they don't know how to do it. They can't reach these people, and these community health workers do. Um, I expect the same thing to happen around addiction recovery. You know, you have, you, you have a community who thinks that, that addiction is a choice, and by golly, you deserve what you get. Um, and it, that, wear, that wears on people who are suffering from addiction because they think there's no hope for themselves. You know, these peer recovery supporters um, are able to give hope to people who have relapsed time and again, um, and they've gotten to the point where they think they're a hopeless case. Um, they, they can say... You know, I've been in your shoes. I know what this is like. I was able to do it, and and I can help you do the same. Perfectly said. Whoa, I've got an alarm going off. You guys probably heard that beep. Um, it happened at a good time, though. Yeah, yeah, at least <laughs> there was a break in the words. Um, so, Laura... How are you uh, doing being quarantined? Um, well, you know, I've got a vast range of ages in my house. Um, I am in my mid-50s, and then uh, you go down into the 20s, and then you go into the upper teens, and then I have a two-year-old grandson. Um, all of us in the house together. And I have to say that 80% of the time, 75, 80% of the time, um, it's, it's, uh, it's good. We, we love each other, obviously. We support each other, and we're going through it together. But that 25, 20, 25% of the time that um, it, it's not bad. It's just when you're with somebody um, as much as, as we're with our, the people that we live with right now because of this, uh, pandemic, then, uh, you know, sometimes tempers flare or, uh, you know, everybody just gets tired of the being with the people that they're with. And so, you know, it's a work in progress, but here's the reason that I love our podcast and recovery.now, because there are those times when the people that you are, uh, quarantined with or, sheltering in place or stay home order however you want to phrase it um, sometimes those people can be your triggers sometimes they can be um, uh, the the reason that uh, your your mental health is suffering or your recovery is suffering as much as you love them you know it can be hard so that's why we decided to do this throughout um, the time that we're going to be 
staying at home and uh, you know the not being out in society because we know and we're living it as well that it's tough sometimes and you need resources and that's what we hope to be able to provide for everyone. Yeah, everyone everyone needs a break every once in a while and as much as I love my family, I we have to socially distance ourselves from everybody, but we can't escape our family. <laughs> so, I love them. I do love them very much, but there are times where I wish I could escape, but right now I can't even go to the bathroom by myself without a kid or an animal following me. So it does, <laughs> it does get to you. I always have something with me at all times. Um, even had to take my dog with me this morning. So it's always, I'm never by myself. Um, yeah, and that can be hard. That can be really hard. At it is. It's stressful because sometimes you just need a chance to just breathe and decompress and try to like find your footing. And I can't really do that. I can't. I can't concentrate or think with with distractions. And my kids know I can't have balls bouncing when I'm trying to think of something or remember something. And kids screaming into their game sets and stuff and I've had a hard time getting some of my online work done at home with all of the noise and they're not being bad I mean the kids are going to be kids and they're just playing but the distractions are unreal right now right and I think everybody um Brandy and and Dr. Whitberg I think everybody is feeling that and you know we're going to be in this situation probably for a little bit so um, uh, that's the thing I love about recovery.now and this podcast is we're going to go through it with you and we're going to do everything in our power to provide as many resources. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, when, when you have something as, as bad as this COVID-19 uh, virus running around that is, you know, so scary to so many people, um, I think that there's a, I think there, there's a part of this though, that makes people kinder to each other. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of, I'm going to be interested to see, um, if we can feel any societal changes when, when this is over. Um, I'm very hopeful that, that this will put things into perspective and make people realize what's important in life and um, maybe focus a little more on uh, taking care of their neighbors and their loved ones and, and realizing that that is what's important, not all the things that we get so preoccupied with. I, uh, I agree. Wait, huh? Let me in here really quick because I want to tell you a story last night. I had to go out to Family Dollar. I had to get a couple of things um, for my youngest daughter. And I was talking to the clerk there. And, uh, you know, I asked her, how are things going? And, you know, how do you, how do you feel about basically being kind of on the front line? Because you have to stand there and run the cash register with me right here. And she said, you know what? the greatest thing about this, I mean, it's scary and we're all worried and I don't like having to work outside my home and then go home and possibly take something home. But the greatest part about this has been people have been so nice 
and courteous mm-hmm. and compassionate. She said, it's like a new Parkersburg because mm-hmm. I live in Parkersburg. She said, it's like a new, um, a, a new Parkersburg. And I'm really, really surprised by it. And I just am amazed at, at the, um, at, at how, how things have changed really in just these few short weeks. So you know, you hit it right on, on the head there. Well, and like you said, it's scary. And I was one of those people that thought, Oh, it's just like the flu, but I have to, I also have to be really careful about what I watch or read about this because it really will start to freak me out and it just fuels my anxiety. And last night I started reading more in depth about this and um, it is, it is truly scary and, and people are really putting cries for help out there and to urging people to, you know, follow the socially distanced thing. And, yep. and some people aren't taking it seriously. And, uh, but I, I mean, I get it. I get why they are. And, and to, to back up the whole, everyone being kind to one another, they, um, oh, how do I want to word this? I already said before that teachers are going to be a lot more appreciated right now <laughs> because we have to homeschool and it is insane how much they have to, to remember and teach. And there's new teaching strategies out there like common core that as parents never really had to worry about learning. And now we don't know how to, to help our third graders with some of their homework because it just I, doesn't make sense. I saw a parent down the street from me scraping off that bumper sticker mm-hmm. that says my child is a great student. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like, it is very hard. Um, but there's a lot of, a lot of professions out there that have been taken for granted that we now, yep. a lot of people are now realizing that they are, they are considered essential and we do rely on them a lot and they deserve the same type of credit as, as other people. So um, I really hope that even though there's a lot of bad in all of this, that people also. Well, how would realize the potential? For yeah. Good. And the good. And gosh, I can't think of any words. I do this every time. Um, uh, thank you. But, uh, but yeah, there's like, my father's a truck driver and, um, right now they're, they got a lot of, a lot lot of, a lot of work to do, but sometimes, yeah. And, but sometimes people don't see truck drivers as essential personnel. Yeah. And, and important and, and stuff like that. So, um, big thank you to the doctors and nurses. Yeah. Um, my daughter has to have surgery on Monday and I'm kind of freaking out. Normally I wouldn't, but given the, given the coronavirus and not being allowed to be at hospitals, that's, it's kind of got me worried a lot. And the fact that you're not allowed to have more than one person with you during this time at the hospital, I'm, I'm not going to have anybody to support you. Yeah. When I'm panicking while my daughter's in surgery, she's only three and and her surgery can't really wait. So we don't really have a choice but to go through with it. So I'm going to try to cope the best I can. Well, we'll text you and uh, call us if you need us. And we're here for Thank you. Thank you, baby. And for, and for your child. And let me say something about the homeschooling. Um, if you're listening to this podcast and having to homeschool your children now, um, my advice would be if you know anybody who has ever homeschooled their children, um, get in touch with uh, with those people because they can be a great resource yeah. for you 
during time. And um, now that you mention it, I do have um, a whole bunch of links because there are a lot of online learning things that you normally would have to pay a subscription for that are offering them for free right now. So I'll post that on our Facebook page so people have some free online resources for their kids. Yeah, great idea. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip out unless you guys have something else for me, and I'll let you get uh, back to our conversation. Back to your conversations. Um, I really appreciate uh, tripping being, over my words. Be, no, being a part of of your podcast, I think recovery dot now is is very important, and um, I'm thrilled to be able to support it any way I can. Thank you. Thanks, Bye. Laura. Thanks for sitting in on this. All right, Miss Laura. What'd you say? I said thanks to Dr. Whitberg for everything he does. And he's already in the other room. He's, he's just such, he's such yeah, a great guy, though. I, I adore. Dr. Yeah, Whitberg. I'm glad. I'm glad that he came into peer class that day and introduced himself. That's for sure. This has been that was just back in October, and it's, it's March now, and and just. This short amount of time, I feel like I've really come home. Oh, Brandy, I hope you're. Yeah, I'm here. What did you do? <laughs> drop your phone? I don't, no, I don't know what you could hear, but somebody was calling me. What I could hear was <laughs> was telling me what number it is because I'm using my Bluetooth. So I apologize if that was uh, maybe it. Oh, you're fine. So I was talking to Dr. Whitberg when I came in today, and um, we were talking about, you know, I I saw something interesting last night that really, um, really made a lot of sense. And we're not putting, there are so many different forms of recovery. Some people choose faith-based some people choose medically assisted like we were saying what peer peer support does is we offer resources and then it's up to you to choose which one works for you and it might take you to try three or four different types of of you know recovery aid before you find one that you really like but there's one out there that we've talked about before called high on hope and i was sitting in on their their live video and they were talking about coping during isolation and how different types of music can trigger different thought processes. And I wanted to I wanted to talk about that a little bit. I did mention on their on their page that, you know, even though with certain musics like rap and, and stuff like that, how it could trigger people to want to go and use, it also it triggers my mental illness. And if I'm listening to certain types of music, it could set my tone for the entire day. And I I really thought that the way that they went about explaining how music can affect us, especially during isolation, was it was it was a really good point to make. And uh, even when I even when I'm listening to music sometimes I like to I like to jam sometimes so when I'm driving I like to open up my sunroof roll down my windows put on some limp biscuit or something and jam but I do catch myself speeding when I do that have you ever done that 
like listen to a type of music or, you know, listen to some kind of like hostile song and then be angry or listening to a sad song. And then all of a sudden you're like depressed and have a dark cloud over your head for the rest of the day. Um, Yeah. Music me very much, very, very much. So yeah, I agree with you 100%. It is right now well and if you if music is such a big influence so you know like they said listening to something uplifting that's motivating and and happy a lot of people use music as a coping mechanism too I know I know plenty of people who when they get upset they want to go and listen to music I'm going to call my husband out on this one because my husband likes to listen to music that just depresses the, the heck out of me and we we butt heads a lot because his type of music that helps him cope is the type of music that hurts me, my mental illness. So we have a really hard time listening to music together. <laughs> and even though we own headphones, they're never used. Um, but yeah, I really I really think the fact that they brought up music and how it can affect you and affect your mental illness. And when people are using music as a coping mechanism, when they're stressed or depressed, and now that we're in, you know, isolation or quarantine, however you want to word it, um, listening to the right kind of music is always a good thing. And even if you're angry, listening to angry music is just going to fuel your anger. So try to try to flip it and listen to something that's more uplifting and empowering. Right, and you know, it's in that you and your husband can't listen to the same music. It 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 uh, brings about different emotions in in you. So um, it's a good idea, you know. Even though your family are the people that you're with right now, and probably the people that you live with uh, all the time, um, it's a good idea to ask again the people that you're um, quarantined or staying at home with, ask them again, you know, is there a type of music that you just can't listen to? Or, and make sure that everybody knows um, the good and the bad of the music. Say that while you're all together, everybody is going to be listening to positive and uplifting stuff that isn't going to uh, trigger their anxiety or yeah and for some reason I like I mean I like music and I'll I'll jam out like I said but I have to be in the mood for it I don't I just I guess I just can't handle the stimulation sometimes of everything when it comes to music but I do I do love music it just like I said I have to be in the mood for it so and then when I am in the mood for music you know sometimes it's a certain type but I really do like all genres like there's always a song that I like from every category but I uh but sometimes I just I don't want the noise sometimes I need the peace so like I can process my thoughts and stuff and and that's really hard when you're in a house full of people that like music but speaking of that um I've got my nine-year-old with me today you can hear all the racket of markers on the table that's her she's been sitting here collaring the whole time and uh she is one of the people that drive me crazy the most about music every everything we do she wants to listen to music and sometimes I just have to say no just no music I need to think 
Um, and that drives her crazy, but she's a daydreamer and she thinks a lot. I'm convinced that she does not have an internal monologue. Do you know what that is? Um, okay. Yes, I so. do. Yeah. But, it, but an in, internal monologue is where you have the ability to think to yourself. Some people have it. Some people don't. The people that don't have it, they can't hear their thoughts, but they can only see pictures. And that's what Sophie does. Sophie has a hard time with sleeping because when she lays down, it's like a TV show going through her head and it's so much stimulation and that poor girl can't get to sleep. So I started putting on guided meditation for her. So at least that way she can control the pictures in her head a little bit more because someone is guiding her to what she's picturing. But Sophie loves to listen to music and just daydream. And she does, she gets lost in the music, but that's, you know, that's her coping. So sometimes she wants to listen to music so she can get through and I need the quiet so I can think it's uh, like I said, it's a lot right now when you've got so many different people in the same house and we're all dealing with the same thing. We just handle it differently and it's hard. We butt heads quite a bit right now. So my anxiety is, kind of crazy but I'm going to introduce everybody to my daughter say hi Soph hi how you doing babe good good so you want to tell everybody say hi to Laura. hi Laura. quit playing with the markers because okay. people can hear the rocket so Sophie how have you been doing with your quarantining right now good good really no <laughs> so we we were just talking about music, and I asked you earlier, what's your favorite kind of music to listen to? Mostly country. Why do you like country? Uh, I don't know. You don't know? You just like it, huh? Yeah. That's, that's exactly what I asked her earlier. I think that the reason why she likes country and a reason I like country is because it tells a story and a song. I, uh, mm -hmm. it's, I like it. Um, so... Let's let's talk a little bit about how kids are handling all of this. How 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 are you doing? Not going to school? Um, very very bad. I want to be in school so bad. Right yeah, now. you miss school, don't you? And all your friends. A lot. Yeah. And it's is it harder to do your homework? It's harder to do a, my homework because everybody else is around and you just can't concentrate. It is a lot harder to concentrate. Everybody. Yeah. Laura asked you a question. What do you say, Laura? Um it's a lot harder for us right now because since we're conferencing, we can't look at each other. So right now we can even tell when another person's getting ready to speak. So there's gonna be some overlapping in this. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we are um, we are doing this so that we can stay in compliance with the stay at home and the social distancing. Um, so this is the way it's going to be for a little bit, but um, we're still going to uh, to be here with recovery.now. But I think um, um, as far as Sophie goes and school, um, I, I honestly don't remember what my question was going to be, but I would like to know, though, um, Sophie, what uh, what are your favorite parts about um, school? I would have to say my favorite part 
is science. I like science a lot. Cool. Are you going to be an astronaut? Yeah, no. (laughs) She said, yeah, no. (laughs) Um, I I know that Sophie thrives on social interaction. She likes to be, she likes the recess. She likes to be able to, to be with her friends. And, and right now with everyone being cooped up, it's kind of, it's not impossible, but it's harder, especially for the younger ones because the older ones can get on their games and, and gosh, I've got the twins that, talk to the majority of their friends through their headsets, but when you've got a third grader, it's really hard. So we took her and, and Kinsley outside yesterday with some chalk and we colored the sidewalks and the wall of our house. Wow. We did. I mean, it was a nice day. I, I loved the weather today. It's kind of rainy and gloomy, but it was, it was a nice day to sit outside and there were a lot of people taking walks, but I was impressed even though there were many families taking walks, they did stay away from each other. And um, our governor had said that he still encourages us to get out and and stuff, but to practice social distancing, don't go to playgrounds and play with, you know, a million different families or anything, but take a walk, walk your dog, still, still get out and get that fresh air just without being in close proximity of other people. And so... And I know you guys, something really yeah so cool. if you want to tell them what it is what we did last night oh we went around marietta um going on a bear hunt yeah there is a facebook page called we're going on a bear hunt and what people are doing right now is putting stuffed animals in their windows or on their porches and people are driving around hunting these bears and shooting them with their cameras and it's it's really cool and even though we went last night after it got dark the the kids were really excited to to find what we could find we want to go during the day and um you know there are some people that are skeptical about going because with a stay at home order they didn't know if we should be out driving around and stuff but somebody on the page said that they reached out to the sheriff's office here in Washington County and that they said that they aren't starting to cite people yet for going out and driving around and doing activities like that, uh, which I, which I think is good. And I think there's a fine line with all of that, but I think it helps everyone to get out of the house. And it's just another example of how communities are coming together to help one another when we can't be together in person where people are still reaching out and trying to make something fun for people to do in isolation. So I thought that was really awesome. Just another example of how communities can pull together in a time of crisis. So the kids really enjoy it. And like I said, we're going to go again today. And uh, I actually put my, I put my bear in my window. We have, well, we have a pink unicorn that the kids want to put in our window but we have dogs that like stuffed animals so I have to find a way to put it in there without it getting taken down by an animal so that's that's the only thing stopping us right now from putting anything in our window is the dogs Uh, I love it but you know what a great idea I know it's awesome I uh I mean I've been following it for a few days now but haven't gone out and hunted these stuffed animals yet but 
when we went last night and the kids were so excited and they had so much fun in the short amount of time we went, I was like, it was awesome. So, and people are hiding so many cute animals in so many cute places. It's just, it's crazy. So yeah, get on, get on Facebook and go to we're going on a bear hunt and check it out. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. I just, I think that is such a great idea and I'm so glad somebody came up with it. And like I said, I put my bear in the front window as soon as you told me. Yeah, it's awesome. And, and, you know, it's, uh, it's been, it's been, uh, probably one of the, the best things that we've been able to do as a family lately by getting out since we can't go to a park and playground and stuff like that. And, we're all getting out of the house together and doing something and there, there was no fighting or anything. Everyone was just excited to do it. So that helped a lot. And then, Hey, I have a question for Sophie and that is, um, Sophie, if you could talk to other kids your age and give them one great tip about how you've been able to cope with, all of this information. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm... What would what would you tell other kids that um, might be having a hard time at home during all of this right now? What would you What would you tell them to to help them if they're sad about not being at school or if they're angry or anything like that? I mean, I know that's a question, but. She has that thinking face on. So sometimes when Sophie blanks, she'll just sit there and act like she's thinking when she's really not. I love it. (laughs) So Sophie, Sophie has, Sophie has some anxieties and um, she gets sad often. Well, not too often, but she, she gets sad. And so we've already been practicing some coping strategies before all of this happened of course now everything's kind of magnified but I think she's doing I think she's doing a really good job she's she's been um you know without that internal monologue she can't when she gets upset she can't really think to herself so she says a lot of stuff out loud (laughs) when she gets angry so it's, it's very it's more obvious for us that she's having a hard time than some of the other kids that kind of keep things bottled up but I think she's been doing a really good yeah I think she's been doing a really good job about expressing herself and and doing things that keep her happy instead of dwelling on the fact that there's nothing we can really do about anything right now so yeah well let me ask you something Brandy with children this age um what is for for all the other folks out there and the parents out there what has been your guide as to how much of this information you're letting your children so like I said I I purposely stay away from some topics because I know that it'll it'll have a bad impact on my mental health and that's just the way I've always been it's it's really good to educate yourself but not to the point where you're, you're driving yourself crazy And last night when I was, I I knew this, I knew that what was here and I knew it's bad and I know that it can be deadly, but to hear the stories of the people suffering, I, I empathize. And 
I'm one of those people where I can feel it. I can feel their suffering and it just, it breaks my heart and it, it freaks me out. And, you know, your mind starts to run away with you and it's just, it's just all bad for me. So when it comes to the kids, I, I, I try to inform them without causing the panic that could happen like with me. So they know, they know that it's, it's something that can make you really sick. They know that even if they don't feel sick, they could carry it and give it to somebody else. They, they know why we're kind of quarantining and, and socially distancing and stuff and why we can't go visit family right now and things like that. But it doesn't take away their sadness for having to do it because a lot of people do rely on that social interaction. So we just, uh, talk on the phone and play games. And actually we're getting to do more as a family now than we could have before because our schedules aren't so busy. So we're really, we're really taking advantage of that family time. So I think that helps. But um, like Kinsley, she's three. So she does not understand why she can't go stay the night with my little niece. She has two bags packed in my living room. And every day she's adding more things she wants to bring to my sister's house and doesn't understand why she can't just go stay the night with her. So that's hard trying to explain it to a three-year-old. But I do tell her that, you know, we can't, we can't do it because, you know, if we get sick, we can make other people sick. And she gets it for the most part. Right. You know, that, that's good because my grandson, he's two and a half. And of course he is not um, at, uh, his life has not really changed that much except for daycare. Um, obviously daycare is closed, but so um, we don't, I, I'm glad to know how you're handling it with your three-year-old. And you said so yeah, she's nine. nine, is that right? Yeah. So um, I think it's good for people to hear um, how you're handling it or how we're handling it because, um, you know, not everybody, not everybody knows exactly, especially if we've got a first-time parent listening right now. Um, gosh, being a first-time oh, parent. Oh, yeah, you're a lot more cautious anyway, with your first but, than you are with, with your second or third, at least in my case, and people I know. Oh yeah, and but you and you don't really know what the rules are and how much of how much of this and how much of that and um, and if you hear some church bells, I apologize. I had to walk outside for a second. Yeah, I heard them. And I live down the churches. <laughs> Actually, I love being able to hear those church bells every day. Though there's something about them that remind me of the um the the normalcy of and the fact that this is going to be over at some point and we are going to get back to well i think that i think that that's part of the part of the struggle right now is kids kids like to know when they want to know when things are going to happen so when your nine-year-old is bummed because she's missing school and she keeps asking me when can we go back when can we go back 
And I have to break her heart every time because I just don't know. We just, there's no, there's no known time right now. So that's hard, but you can't really put a deadline on an illness and say, you know, it'll, this, this will be over on this day. We just got to keep moving on. Right. And exactly. Just keep moving as the Robinsons that movie, The Robinsons, as they said. Um, this particular podcast hasn't been as full of um, the resources and the, the names and the, and the, that past podcast has been. But folks, um, that, will, that will be in, um, in many of our podcasts from here on out. And if you go to our Facebook page and you need uh, you need a resource and you don't know where to turn ask on there because um, we do have a lot of a lot of um, a lot of resources that we know about in our arsenal that we can pass along to you and go to our well and and, and I'll just we'll just go ahead and we'll just go ahead and touch you know touch that subject real quick um yeah, this podcast has actually been more of a phone conversation because we're conferencing right now. So it's really hard to see each other and know when it's time to speak and stuff like that. So it's not really been the way that it has been. But um, like I said a, a little bit ago when I was talking about the music and, and High on Hope and stuff, we're not trying to push our beliefs on anybody. Um, faith-based is one way that people like to go about recovery. There's also medically assisted. Um, some people just choose counseling and attending meetings. However, whatever works for you, go for it. And our recovery.now page, we're trying to use it as a place for not only for you to share your story, but we're also wanting to share recovery resources. So we have the suicide hotline, the, the mental health hotlines, text numbers, stuff like that. Uh, I've got the Narcotics Anonymous meeting codes for Zoom on there and so forth. But, you know, I've got a couple people from LNP Services on there, um, someone from Integrative Behavioral Health Services on there, my cousin, she's a licensed therapist out of Zanesville, and and she's on there, and hopefully join in our podcast soon. And then we've got peer supporters, and then we've got people that could just need help or someone to talk to. So we're, uh, I can't remember where we were at with this, Laura. Why were we talking about that? Oh, because we haven't touched base on any of that this time in the past podcasts we have. Right. So, um, so there right. are, even though we haven't really talked about the resources, they are, they're there, they're on there and uh, check them out. I have had some messages, like private messages of people reaching out for help. And, uh, and you know, I, I, I do what I can. But there are other people on that page that can help as well. There's um, there's also Brandy the uh, two one one, and that's just using your cell phone and punching in two one one. It'll that number you. is golden. Oh it's yeah, a golden number. Yeah, 
and it, it takes your area code so that it knows where you are and then you can select from um, you know what kind of services you're looking for and it will guide you right to that so it's a great thing of guiding there's the guided relaxation um, yoga that is on YouTube that is a great way for you to learn um, ways to relax yourself if you've got an anxiety disorder or you know you, you just are feeling tense that's a great way to uh, to be able to help yourself get through that and like I said with my with my kids right now instead of going to sleep listening to to music that is you know gives you energy or watching TV or anything like that. I've been doing the guided meditation for them. And if you go to YouTube, I, I just go to um, guided meditation for kids and put that on, but they also have it for adults, of course. And guided meditation really, really helps you to close your eyes and just relax. It's, it's pretty cool. I like it. Yeah. I just, something, some truck just started outside my house and I thought, I thought, geez, I didn't even know what it was. Wow, I don't know if you can hear that or not, but it scared me. No, it's oh. fine. Uh, well, I miss rocks. It's not as uh, energetic without her here. So hopefully we'll be able to get her in on the next one. Yes, well, we're going to force her into it. If this is a longer, it's going to be a work in progress, I think. It is. It's. It, it is going to be a work in podcast. In podcast. In progress. <laughs> I like it. I know. I need more sleep. I always say that. I feel like I don't sleep. It's a work in podcast, baby. It's a work in podcast. All right. Well, we can finish up. Um. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in and for everything that you're doing for the other people in your life and everything that you're trying to continue to do for yourself, reach out. We're here. Um, if you have a topic that you'd love us to talk about, go to recovery.now and let us know what it is um, because we would be more than happy to um, talk about anything that's going on out there. And by golly, um, stay safe and love each other. By golly. By golly.